Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. So the Seattle Kraken have done it. They win in regulation time in Boston, the first time that's happened to Boston this season, losing a home game in regulation, and the Kraken have won seven straight. Three-nothing is your final. Detroit beats Toronto 4-1 in the third, lightning up 5-2 on the Canucks. Jets knock off the Sabres 4-2. Early in the third, Islanders lead the Wild 1-0. The Flames are leading the Blues 1-0 in the last minute of the second period. Early second period, Chicago up 2-1 on the Avs. Senators lead the Coyotes 2-0 with five minutes left in the first. Montreal trying to finish off the Predators. It's 4-2 with four and a half minutes left. Rangers beat the Stars 2-1 in overtime. Fox gets the winner there. And late in the third period, Hurricanes looking good against the Blue Jackets, leading that one 5-2. Oilers and Sharks tomorrow. Face-off show at 7, game at 8.30 here on 6.30. Chet, eight minutes left in the fourth in the NBA. Raptors 103, Hornets 96. Some significant announcements from the Edmonton Elks this week. Luches Purifoy, the uh, defensive back, signed after being with the BC Lions. And CFL All-Star Jake Serezna, defensive lineman, has uh, agreed to stay on for two more years to the end of the 2024 season. And Jake joins me now. Jake, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you, are you in Edmonton, or where are you hanging out right now? No, no, I'm back. I'm back home in Connecticut for the holidays, but um, I'm going to be headed up to Edmonton in a couple weeks. Okay, I'm going to have some fun with you here, Jake. Uh, you are t- 28. Is that correct? Yep, correct. 28 years of age. You're in Connecticut. If I said uh, the words Hartford Whalers to you, would that mean anything? Yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> They're the old, the old hockey team out here. I, I, any connection to them? Any memories? Go to games? Anything like that? <laughs> uh, not with the Whalers. Um, you know, there's always guys wearing old uh, memorabilia from, from, from the Whalers and, and talking about them. But um, I actually went to a couple Danbury Trashers games when I was a kid. I don't know if you've seen the Netflix documentary on it, but um, that all happened in my hometown. So it, that's that's what I my little claim to fame oh, with uh, nice. hockey. Okay, cool. Yeah. So so hockey's that well. I mean, growing up in in the Northeast, there uh, you obviously have knowledge of because sometimes I talk to the guys from you know Louisiana or whatever, and they're like, yeah, I never had seen a game before, but obviously mm-hmm. it's totally familiar to you. Did you ever play, or was it all football for you? as a kid no i never played hockey i played um football baseball basketball and i wrestled but i never i never got into hockey all right do you think you would have been a good hockey player like you're big and you're mean. I think so. <laughs> yeah i think so i think i think um you know if, if it was around more it still wasn't around too much for me um here in the states but i think i would have been a pretty good defenseman Okay. Oh, you even got a position picked out. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> have you started since you've kind of become an Edmontonian for well a couple portions now? Have you have you started following the Oilers or the NHL? Have you taken any more interest? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think I'm a big Oilers fan now that I've been in Edmonton for a couple of years, a few years, and uh, you know I always always catch a few games every year. I live I live right next to the arena, so. Uh, it's always easy to just hop over there and catch a, catch a game. Okay, good for you. Well, I, I I was saying to a colleague the other day, um, if 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 you don't know a lot about the Oilers in this city, you, you usually learn pretty quickly because you may not be have, able to have a conversation with your coworkers. 
<laughs> yeah, that's you gotta, true. You got to know something that's going on. All right. Well, hey, congratulations on getting the new deal here. Uh, just maybe tell us about getting this done and, and not having to go to free agency and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, you know, I, I've been at Edmonton for uh, four, three or four seasons now. Um, so it's a place I'm really familiar with. It's a place when, you know, I kind of lay it all out and say, uh, where do I want to play in my career? It, it, it is Edmonton. So um, the, the GM, Chris Jones, and head coach, you know, he wanted me back. So um, we worked out the numbers, and the numbers checked out, and, and I was good with the deal, and they were good with it on their end. So, um uh, we we signed a deal and I'm coming back. I mean, I'm, I'm ecstatic for it. I love the city of Edmonton. I love the people there. So um, I'm excited. Tell us a little bit about going through th- this past season. Hey, you know, uh, everybody wanted a few more wins. Obviously, there's still the home losing streak kind of hanging over the team. Um, I, I know you missed some games with injury, but take us, you know, inside the locker room. Was it frustration? Was it still hope? Was it just coming to work every day? Like, like give us a sense of uh, how the team made it through the year. Yeah, you know, um, it was it was definitely frustrating, you know, not being able to win at home. You know, we had a whole new coaching staff and our folk, and, and we didn't win the previous year at home, so... Um, it wasn't really the focus, but as as the season went on, it kind of became a glaring thing that um, we couldn't really um, get, get out of out of the subject of talking about. So um, it was it was definitely frustrating at times, and it, it definitely um, was hard to deal with. But I think I think we showed up every game, and we were in a lot of close games at home towards the end of the year that we just weren't able to pull out, which was unfortunate. So we could get that uh, monkey off our back. But I'm I'm confident with you know who Chris Jones is bringing in you know having the same coaching staff come back next year, and, and kind of the key pieces that we found towards the end of the year like Kevin Brown, Dylan Mitchell, you know we have Taylor coming back at quarterback, so I think I think we're, we're going to be a great team next year, and it's just about going out the first the first couple games of the year and just getting that win at home. I think it's just going to be huge for us and just kind of. Start, start us going in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so and and you had a you had a pretty good year, and I and I know you, you're you're worried more about about the team more than your individual stats, but I mean you played 12 games and you had 10 sacks, so you were almost at a, at a sack a game. Uh, you have 25 in your career, so you got almost half of them in one season. What what allowed you this past year to get to the quarterback a little bit more? I think you know the scheme that Chris Jones has in his defense. It allows me to not only play defensive tackle but bump out the defensive end which I've had a lot of success in and then you know I just worked I worked a lot on you know every year I just try to improve and work on my game so I think that helped as well and um just just me being hurt I think just motivated me even more that when I came back I just I just wanted to catch up to everybody else and and get as many sacks as I could and I knew I was behind because we're seven games into the season and I didn't have any sacks. So <laughs> I was just real. I was just really like, just, just going as hard as I could every play just, and just, and just had that mindset of, I have to catch up to everybody else. I'm behind right now. And, and I got to make something happen. So it, it was successful for me. And I'm, and I'm hoping to have to build on that and have even more success yeah. this coming year. Well, and, and, cause I believe you got, correct me if I'm right. I think you got hurt in the first game of the season. Like how frustrating was that? And, and how, uh, how were you able to work through that, that injury? Cause I, I, I say this all the time when I interview inter- injured players, I often hear that the, the struggle to stay mentally engaged is often as difficult as the physical recovery. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, getting hurt in the first game of, of the season and and we got blown out. It was, you know, it was definitely a low point. It was it, it was it, it was terrible to go through. Um, you know, I was trying to even play even though I was hurt and it just didn't work out. So uh, I sat out those six games and kind of my mindset in in my therapy for myself was to just go to the gym and keep training and that's how I kind of just kept myself in it I was able to still still run and because it was a shoulder upper body injury shoulder injury so I was able to still run and train my legs so I just kept doing that I just kept going to work and and treating it almost like I wasn't injured kept going to work kept going to meetings I tried to just keep my mind and my body in tune with football so that when I finally did heal up, that I would I just hit the ground running. Yeah. Okay. Jake Ceresna from your Edmonton Elks joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Tell me a little bit about your off tra- your off season training. Are are you full on hardcore going now, or are you still giving your body a little bit of a break? What's the deal? Oh yeah, we're going. Uh, since the new year hit, it, it's just all all cylinders going. We're we're getting ready for May for training camp. Um, I train down here at, at Varsity House with Dan Goodman, and then when I'm back in Edmonton, I train um, with Brad over at um, Elite Athletic Training Systems. So I, I have really good trainers that I'm surrounded by. I have really good people that um, help me stay on track and just keep me motivated. So it's been great. Um, I love training. It's something that, you know, even if I wasn't playing football, I'd still be working out. I just um, have a lot of joy for it. So it makes it easy for me. You you spent a little bit of time in the NFL, and obviously you grew up playing four-down football as well. Was there a big adjustment for D lineman playing in Canada? Just just a yard off difference, I'd say, is the biggest adjustment. That's the really only thing you can – um, feel a difference as a defensive lineman. I'd say a lot of a lot of there's a lot of similarities, a lot of turnovers. But really, the main thing is just you got to start a yard off. You know, a lot of the schemes are similar. A lot of how you play the game is still the same. And I think you know, with with American guys coming up to the CFL, what I always say is the guys who adjust to that yard the fastest and who get the most comfortable with it. Um, are usually the ones that make the team. And it doesn't seem like a big difference, but when you, when you grow up just being able to be on the ball the whole time and then you have to come off from a yard off the ball, it, it kind of can mess some guys up with their, their rhythm and what step they kind of throw their move at. So it can be a big adjustment for some people, but the quicker you can get adjusted to that, the, fat, the more you're going to be successful. All right, and uh, I'll end with some fun about the National Football League. Do you have a favorite team, and are they, uh, well, you all know, are they in the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I um, I don't really ha- I grew up a Patriots fan, so so they're not in the playoffs right now. But um, I'll be rooting for Tom Brady. You know, I, I've been a big fan of him. I, I admire you know his work ethic and how long he's been successful. So I'll, I'll be rooting for him. I don't know if they're going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl, but I'll still be rooting. Okay, did you did you see that play Detroit tied uh, tried that worked on like third and fourteen? They did that lateral to get it down to fourth and two against the Packers. Did you see that one? Oh yeah, the, the flip, the yeah. the lateral back. Yep. Like, what did you think of that? Like, they're just a team out of the playoffs going for it, or is that like our offense is going to start trying even more of that as, as we move along here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved it. Personally, I think, you know, I love being aggressive like that and uh, taking chances. So even even if they're out of the playoffs, you, you know, they, they just they just let it hang and they just and they just went for it. Um, it's it's kind of something that as a player you love to see from the coaching staff is just call plays like that. So I'm all for it. I, right. I love to see that. Right on. Okay. Well, Jake, thanks for checking in. I know it's a little later out uh, out east there, but congratulations on the new contract. We're glad we're having you back in green and gold. We'll talk to you again soon, man.
Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being on the show. Thank you. That is Jake Ceresna, CFL All-Star with your Edmonton Elks last season, and he has signed a two-year extension. Back in a couple of minutes, Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Hey, folks, the Montreal Canadiens doing the Oilers a bit of a favor, beating Nashville 4-3 in regulation time. So that'll uh, set Nashville back a little bit in that wildcard chase. That's the halfway point of the season for Nashville. They are 19-16-6 for 44 points. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Uh, we'll have an abbreviated edition of Inside Sports tomorrow from 6 to 7, and then the face-off show at 7, and then the game at 8.30, Oilers at Sharks. On Saturday night, 6.30 face-off show. Uh, what did I say for the Sharks game? 7 and 8.30. Did I say that, Kellen? Yes, okay. 7 and 8.30. Yeah. 7 and 8.30, and then 6, uh, 6.30 face-off show game at 8 on Saturday when the Oilers visit the Golden Knights. Uh, quickly, Kellen, before we get to some more messages, sure. what was the uh, WWE drama earlier this week? Because you follow that. Uh, it is ongoing. <laughs> oh, it's ongoing. It is ongoing, as it always is in WWE, but this is uh, real-life drama. So Right, this is not part of the storyline. This no. is business stuff. Uh, basically, WWE is for sale. Um, and it's been speculated for over a month now that the WWE uh, is there's there's numerous entities that are interested in WWE from every network you could think of every streaming service. I can think of a lot of networks. Yeah, every streaming service you can think of and a foreign country now. Uh, as on Wednesday night, it was revealed that, uh, uh, well, at least rumored, that uh, Saudi Arabia is interested in buying WWE. The government so. of Saudi Arabia. Yes, the public trust of Saudi Arabia. That's yes. amazing. Well, see, this is what mm-hmm. happens. The WWE can't stand up to the competition they're getting from the SLAW, the Silver Lake <laughs> Alliance of Wrestling, we are, which we uh, co-founded and own. We will we will so, uh, reiterate that the slaw is a hundred percent privately owned and yes, uh, no intentions sale. to sell. Yeah, we least. don't have any intentions of selling. Okay, Certainteed Hotline, mm-hmm. pros choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed Pro all the way seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. What do we got? Yeah, and quick aside, that story is still ongoing. So next well, week it could well, all thank be. You. It gives me something to look so. forward to to follow every day <laughs> for sure. Uh, well, we'll start with Lindsay and a lot of uh, chatter about the first text of the night, which is why no conversations about Eric Carlson coming to the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, Lindsay texts in and says hello. Hello, Reed. I agree with your other listener about the Eric Carlson trade. I think that would do very well. And I heard San Jose may carry some of his salary. If we were to trade Darnell Nurse and Pugliarvi to San Jose, that would free up a lot of our salary cap. And I think Carlson would be way better than both players by far in our future. Okay. Okay. Well, San Jose, if, if there is a deal, they're yeah, they'd likely have to retain money. And with we, anybody. And of course, we've got the other side of the occasion from Rob. Uh, text again and says, Carlson is awful. My wife is a huge Sharks <laughs> fan, so we watch almost all their games. His body of work there is terrible. Gives up on plays, jumps shifts on the rush, etc. We don't need him, and his next injury is probably right around the corner. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Again, I, I that one texture suggested trading Darnell Nurse. I, I do not believe Darnell Nurse is going to be traded in the short or medium term future mm-hmm. uh brandon from stetler texts in nice community says he was impressed with vincent deharnay last night what is your take on what he could become oh that's a good question I, well i i think he's probably a third pairing defenseman 
long term. I mean, he's still going to have to prove it and grab that job. I thought he did fine last night. Again, the QO, the quality opponent was not great, but uh, what did he get up to? 13 minutes or so, I think. I, I thought he did fine. I, I thought it was his, his puck handling was okay. Um, you know, he takes up a lot of space out there. I don't know if he's super mean, but I think he can play physical sometimes if he's needed. I'd like to see more of him, but I, I don't think he'd ever be sort of a top-end guy who would produce a lot of points. But, I mean, he could be perhaps that uh, beefy, lanky defenseman that, that the Oilers are, are kind of lacking. I just don't know if he's going to fix that problem for this year. We'll go to Dino next on the text line. It says, Reed, last season the Oilers gave up 252 goals against. This season they've already given up 244 goals against. They're on pace to give up 278 well, well, goals well, they, against. They do not have 244 goals against this year. Okay. They have 145. Maybe that's what he meant. Okay. He says that should be very concerning of their defense to close up the uh, text message. Yeah, well, yes. It, well, that, yeah, that's an ongoing theme. They give up too many goals. They, they score, and I, I've said this many times, even with sort of a lack of support scoring, they still score enough to win most games, even if their big guys do 75 or 80% of the scoring, five on five or on the power play. Now, we'll see if Campbell maybe plays a little better, and, you know, we'll see if they can, as Drew Amanda talked about, if they can iron out things on the checking side of it as well, which I, th I think to some degree. Here's the thing. I do think they need to make a trade or a couple trades, I also think they can play better. I think this existing group of players also can play better. Got a couple quick ones to wrap things up here. Uh, KM texts in and says, once Kane gets back, look out. Oilers are going on a heater. Don't doubt this team. Okay, fair enough. I always appreciate some optimism. And Fatty uh, texts uh, in and uh, basically has the question that all of us hardcore Oilers fans are asking, is there a fix for the Oilers' inconsistency? You know, that's that's such an interesting question, isn't it? Was that from Fatty? Fatty, F-A-D-I. Okay, yeah. with 40 seconds left in the show. Is there a fix for inconsistency? Maybe if you're inconsistent, okay, I guess here's the question. We'll have to maybe try to dive into this more tomorrow or with Rob. Mm -hmm. Is inconsistency between the ears or is it just a sign of not being quite talented enough that you can do really well some nights and, and not enough other nights? That would be my question. I'll answer Fatty's question with a question, which I know is super annoying. Big Stay thanks tuned. to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. Calgary, oh, St. Louis just tied it. 1-1 in the first minute of the second period. Kraken have won seven straight. They beat Boston 3-0. Thank you.